you know, thought we'd start things off in a kind of chill way <laughs> yeah. on uh, this week's episode of Roots Grooves with me, Jay Purcell. Whoa, hey, everyone wake up, everyone woken, woken? Yeah. I'm woken up now. Welcome. Jesse Quigley. Jay Purcell, <laughs> thanks for being here. Thanks for tuning in. Another episode of Roots of Grooves. Today we're talking about uh, if David Byrne from Talking Heads was on drugs as Ooh. a young man okay. and, uh, and just went real crazy with his music, okay. far past the, the reaches of his pop music that he came out with, okay. his new way of band Talking Heads. Yeah. David Byrne on drugs. That's what I keep hearing. Have you heard, <laughs> did you come up with this or have you heard of this? Well, I mean, they definitely have a little bit of self-awareness. We're talking about Black Midi. Black band. Midi, yeah. Um, they have some self-awareness. They have a song called Talking Heads. Oh. So I think they, they're pretty self-aware of this. Yeah. Um, not that they're trying to be this or that. Yeah. They're definitely paving their own way. Yeah. Um, definitely seen... But uh, I think they're taking a, a strong influence from David Byrne and Talking Heads. The the lead guy from Black Midi, Geordie Greep, is That's been right. rocking a, a beige suit or a tan suit. Yeah. kind of... Reminds me of David Byrne. That's bit, I think yeah. that's that's a staple of yeah, at least on some of his like huge you know videos that are posted on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. And uh, some of his big shows. I don't know too much about Talking Heads. Yeah, but I think he was he was known to wear that yeah that, that beige suit and yeah, yeah. and and yell and be wild and yeah uh, eccentric. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think that's what these guys got going on. We're talking about yeah. Black Midi, the band. Yeah, uh, English rock band. Formed in 2017. These are guys, yeah. new kids on the block. Yeah. Pretty young. Yeah. Um, Could be spot. Very energetic. Very energetic. Could be described as experimental rock, math rock, prog rock, noise, uh, post-punk. Noise punk. Noise punk, yeah. Um, and uh, they're currently a, a three-piece. Um, like I said, Geordie Crew. Naughty. Not creep, sorry. Oh, hey, that's mean. He's not a creep. He's not a creep. Not that I know of. Geordie Greep uh, on vocals and guitar. Cameron Picton on vocals, bass, and synth. Morgan Simpson on the drums. And until recently, Matt Kowinski Kelvin on vocals and guitar. He uh, took a hiatus recently. Um, they said due to mental health issues, which they didn't go into detail about. He's not on the latest album. And uh, they haven't really talked about it, and they also haven't been asked about it, mm -hmm. which I think is kind of respectful, considering that maybe Matt is going through some things. And he didn't say they didn't say he's left the band, but he's just on hiatus. He's taking a break, yeah. taking then, some time out for himself. In yeah. fact, they still include him like in the band. He's listed, yeah. but in parentheses, in, on hiatus. Yeah. But like you said, that's very respectful because we should all be yeah. super aware of mental. Yeah. Um, illness or whatever deficiencies yeah um, just mental our mental state as humans in general exactly. and we're all going through different stuff at different times and who knows what yeah he's going through with who's he's what the band's going through or what yeah, yeah. matt is going through yeah but props to him for taking the time off to to get that mental state in yeah in check exactly and, and that's a healthy the, choice getting the support from his band members as well 100 percent. yeah which is is totally cool so um, but yeah, I mean, so yeah, like you say, these guys have been around since 2017 as a band. Um, they've released so far two albums plus a, a, spe a 
smittering, a spattering? Oh, sp- of, a spat- a sp- smattering or a sm- spattering? A sp- I don't know. We start to question it and then it, we lose all meaning. A, a spattering of um, EPs and live recordings and various things here and there sort of thing. Um, but two solid studio albums so far um, since 2017. And uh, yeah, um, yeah, these guys are super young. They're like 20-somethings. That they sort of, when you look at some of their photos, they kind of remind me of Bad, Bad, Not Good in some ways. Like, just sort of like young guys that are super fucking talented at the instruments mm-hmm. and coming together and creating the most complex shit you've ever heard. Um, bad, Bad, Not Good, I think, do that in a sort of a jazz um, sense. Right. Like, and these guys, Black Midi, are doing it in a kind of, well, rock sense, I would guess, but is. They're all over the map. You can't, like, I think this is one group that just, they explore so many genres and sometimes so many genres within one song, Mm -hmm. I feel like. Um, I mean, props to these guys for being completely unafraid to make crazy noises with their voices and their instruments. Yeah. And and all together making albums that are just labeled from whoever's using these words, you know, noise... Yeah. punk thrash yeah it's pretty wild yeah and you know props to them for not being just trying to make you know pop music even though i i resent my own statement that i just said because <laughs> you know i think pop music is pretty intricate and and a delicate process to to make mm-hmm. like it, pop music is seen as like easy or basic yeah simple sometimes yeah in fact i think it's very hard to make good pop music well they have like 30 songwriters on some of the pop hits that are out there exactly because right? it's so they're trying to figure it out Ex- yeah and they go through yeah. 10 20 iterations of the same track yeah or the or one track is hey here's one artist artist a try this song do yeah. a whole demo record it sing it yeah. and we'll see what we think oh no nah, they yeah. don't want it doesn't yeah. sound good try another artist yeah send the song to another artist yeah. multiple times different directors Producers, I don't know if you could say directors, but directors in music, but yeah. basically the same thing. Yeah. Um, different engineers. Yeah. Vocal coaches, whatever. Yeah, yeah. It goes through a process. Complex. And it's it's not just, oh, I wrote a song in five minutes. It's yeah. a mega hit. Yeah. Anyway, it's not what we're talking about. That is music by committee, though, sometimes, don't you think? I don't know. Like, well, no, yeah. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean... And the greater scheme of things, a lot of music is by committee because mm. these different iterations through different decades yeah. is like a slow straining process of stuff that we want, which is why I sometimes think to an extent music is subjective. I mean, it is, well, it's obviously subjective, but there is an objectivity to it. Right. Because the the good stuff we still listen to, yeah. why the, the Rolling Stones are still on top, the Beatles are still on top. Mm-hmm. Um, they're still in the conversation today. Mm. And there's still an influence on modern music, yeah, because um, it's it's stayed at the top. It's risen. The the fine stuff has risen to the top, and it's still good. Yeah, yeah. And that's there's some objectivity to that. I feel like, yeah, whether it, it's quantifiable or not. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. Black Midi. Black Midi. Okay, so here's the interesting thing. I because okay. what is Black Midi? They just random band name? No, Black Midi <laughs> is a whole genre of music. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with black midi the band who we're talking about today mm-hmm. it's a different style of music so basically i mean midi what's midi it's yeah. information it's data yeah in, 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 a, a, in a computer in, in the musical sense um 
it's how you translate like a, a synth MIDI keyboard into notes and sounds on the computer kind of thing. 100%. Yeah. yeah. So people are using MIDI in their homes. Yeah. MIDI is used in studios. Mm -hmm. Literally everybody in the industry, in the music industry, uses it. Yeah. It's just like data, just like anybody else. If you use a computer, you're sending data. It's that same kind of thing that you can send around and then come make it come out of a speaker. And fun fact, I think now it's easier to use MIDI because you just have to plug a USB cord into your computer. Mm -hmm. But back in the day, they had these MIDI cables and these MIDI inputs and outputs on gear. You still see them on mm -hmm. pieces of gear. I was so perplexed by it growing up like in the late 90s, early 2000s. Right. I was just, I couldn't work it out. I was like, this is so complicated, man. Now it's easy. Now you just plug a USB into thing. And now that we have done, easier like. <laughs> access, it feels easier. Yeah, yeah. But it's the same thing for me, just using computers in general and how that data is organized and sent and yeah. traded. Yeah. I still, I'll probably never fully understand. Ones and zeros. Yeah, electricity, ones and zeros. Yeah. Vibrations. Well, that's the thing you don't need to understand it right now. You just need to know what, know the, what the to plug is. in to yeah, make it, exactly. the sounds come out. <laughs> Which is fine, yeah, which is yeah. great. That's all I know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so black. So that's MIDI. So that's MIDI. And then black MIDI, yeah. a style of music. And I guess the, the black refers to, I'll go backwards and I'll explain the MIDI part of it. Because basically these people, these artists creating black MIDI music are using MIDI information and just stacking this information on top of each other. Yeah. Like layers and layers of information as if you lay a track down and then play another track on top of it, mm -hmm. and then another track on top of it, yeah. thousands of times, millions, millions yeah. <laughs> or, and up to trillions. Yeah, and there's to, a there's an image I'll put on the screen right now for the YouTube viewers. Bam, this is a, an example of nice. sheet music that I saw from uh, the Wikipedia page, and it's just got all these notes just like layered up on top. It looks insane. I've never seen sheet music like that before. Is that but, playable? Could you, could you <laughs> give that to a pianist and what would they even think? No, you probably need thousands of piano players right. or something like that this is why it only works with midi because you can program all of these different mm -hmm. layers i don't even know what this sounds like i haven't listened to any um, it sounds ghastly to me <laughs> i went on a binge la late you did? last night how did it sound some of it sounded kind of cool some of it sounded yeah. like like um like eight bit mm, like okay. music like like old mario yeah. video game yeah, like yeah, nintendo yeah. music kind of like glass animals first sure yeah. albums or something like that yeah yeah like kind of digital yeah um, but then, you know, there's more and more stuff. Oh, Polish ambassador. Sorry, I got it wrong. Polish okay, ambassador no. was a guy that did the eight beat, eight, yeah. eight bit things. No, you, like. that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I take back what I, when I was agreeing with you before <laughs> okay, that. <yeah. laughs> For the sake of conversation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this MIDI information yeah. data, yeah. it's just like a track in Pro Tools or Logic and you just, they're stacking it on top of each other yeah, yeah. and they can manipulate it just like any other, um, you know, bit of information in a DAW. Yeah. Uh, digital audio workstation yeah but so this stuff is stacked on top of each other and it just gives it this rich really rich sound because mm -hmm. it's it's notes on notes on notes mm -hmm. and so some of these notes are stacked on top of each other creating a sound that sounds like one note mm -hmm. and so you get these melodies and this is the music and i think the black part of black midi comes from when your computer can't process so much information from one source one track mm. and it just kind of blends into almost nothing it's just like white uh, noise into like you're it can't handle it wow 
And so, so it these just, people it, are like comes, in, it turns into a blur. These people are intentionally like overloading the computer to see oh, if it yeah. can like interpolate any of this exactly. or something like that. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. That's so, crazy. And I just discovered this because of Jay's choice, Black Midi, the band yeah. we're talking about today. It has nothing to do with Black Midi, yeah. the genre. Yeah, they said um, one of the band members came across this. I think it's a Japanese thing, right? Is it? Black uh, yeah. Midi? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, they came across this and they were just like, oh, this is a cool name for a band, right? And I'm like, yeah, cool. And they said they've spent less than five minutes actually like looking into... You've probably <laughs> spent more time looking into the... The it black sound- midi genre than <laughs> black midi the band has. It sounds but, like it. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great. And more than I have as well. <laughs> I, I recommend stopping by YouTube. Just yeah. look up black midi. There's a couple of YouTube videos that explain it and yeah. show you examples. Okay. Because it's, yeah. it's interesting to just to know about it. Yeah, yeah. That it's a thing that people are doing. Yeah, we didn't, like last week, you didn't even know this thing existed, right? Now, no. Now you've watched a it's bunch a of whole, YouTube videos. It's a whole world. <laughs> I recommend staying up late at night and then before you go to bed, just put on some black midi. Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah. Zone out. Yeah. yeah. See what you get. See how it makes you feel. Very good. But it's cool. Interesting stuff. Nothing to do with black midi, the band who we're talking about, who is. Yeah. Plus the origin of the name, at least. But that's where they got the name. Yeah. And it's it's not every day there's a band we talk about that has such a big backstory of Of a name. Yeah. I mean, it's like calling your band. Like prog rock yeah it's like okay there's a like whole a world of music genre. yeah yeah but anyway yeah uh yeah i just want to shout out um kyle nelson from la he goes by the name is untitled 1995 uh it was because of him that i found out about black midi nice. and he he did a, a guest mix on signal quite a while ago um may 2020 it's up on our site um he did a good real good mix I don't think he put Black Midi in that mix, but he shared something on Instagram and and, and it was part of like the first track we played tonight, Doctor, from their album Schlagenheim. And uh, yeah, Carl put this on an Instagram video and I was just like, what the hell? I'd like messaged him through. And I was like, what is this? Because it was like <laughs> the first part of the song and it sounded real funky. Yeah. Crazy. And I was like, he told me the band name. I looked them up and then I was like, whoa, okay, this isn't what I thought. Like you know, the th- the snippet I heard was kind of funky and cool, and then and then when I listened to the 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 rest of the material, it was like, oh, this is kind of like metal or something. Mm. That's what I thought on first listen. Uh, more recently, like for this show as well, I've listened to more of their stuff, and it's not just metal. There's that sort of vibe in there, I think, that you could kind of say is a little bit like, um, especially with Geordie's vocals, that sort of weird seventies experimental prog rock type vibe sort of thing but it um, has the intensity of metal it does yeah it does yeah has the, so i can see that influence for sure yeah um but it's not heavy mm-hmm. metal you know it's not it doesn't have a heavy vibe but it has yeah. a just a very intense vibe well this is the thing i said off camera before we started filming it was like it's like sometimes like when we do a, an episode of roots degrees where i don't like I have an idea of who an artist might be just mm-hmm. based on their music without knowing anything about them and then going to research them and finding out more about them and right. who they are, and which is always a really great revelation to find the people behind the music and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for this group, like Medi, like I felt that their music was so intimidating that I thought they were going to be like some hardcore, like intimidating, like 30 year old somethings or something like that. Yeah. 
And they're not at all. They're like 20 something fresh on the scene from London. Uh, super down to earth, normal guys. Like, yeah. Um, they seem super chill. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, they're, they're all, I think they graduated college. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's one thing they went, they all went to Brit school. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's where they met in 2017. I think so. Uh, performing arts and technology school, which we've talked about before, because King Cruel went there. That's the same school, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And apparently, um, also Adele went there, and Amy Winehouse. So um, we got some big names. Yeah, you met Amy Winehouse, remember? I have. I met Amy Winehouse. You might have told that story on this on the show already, off camera, I think. But uh, yeah, she was playing at this place called the Rupert Street bar she wasn't actually playing there it was like this group of musicians that were session musicians that played with like some big artists and it was kind of like their open jam night type kind thing of open mic situation yeah so these guys were playing there and and then i heard the rumor that amy one asked in the shop she did and she sang a couple of songs like i can't even remember what it was it was probably just like part of a jam or something mm-hmm and then, you know, I went up, I think before she went up the stage, like, I walked up to her and I was like, so you're going to go do your thing then? <laughs> that was my, it was like, and then she looked at me all strangely. <laughs> like, but she was nice who after that. Yeah. She's like, who are you and why are you asking me that? Like, no, but she was, she was actually a really nice person. And, um, and uh, yeah, she said, oh, I don't know, like, because my friends want me to go off to do this party or something like that. So that's what she said to me. <laughs> I love that, that question. If I ever meet anybody... The next famous person I meet, like, I'm going to ask him, oh, so you going to do your thing? You're going to go do like, your thing. Meet a professional baseball player? Like, yeah. You're you going to do your thing tonight? Or... <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I was young, you know. I love it. But um, A lot of people wouldn't have, would have been too scared to say anything at all. I guess, yeah. But it was weird, though, because she had lots of, like, people going up to her and, like, trying to share their numbers and some of those people. Yeah, you didn't come bit... up as a fanboy, like, oh, no. oh bow yeah. down to you. Give me an autograph, please. I yeah, love you. Yeah, You're yeah, just yeah. like. Yeah. Were you going to go sing or something? <laughs> you can go sing or something? Yeah. No. Yeah? You think you could sing or what? Yeah. <laughs> Amy? I actually thought, I was like, if I could get in a conversation, I'd be like, do you need a drummer in your band? That's what I, that's where my head was at. Right. But, um, but yeah. You shot yeah. your shot. Yeah. Best thing you could have done. Yeah. You could have been, could have been drumming for Amy Winehouse at some point. Could have been. But, you know. Definitely not. That chance is gone now. Yeah. Went down a different route. Now I'm here. This, this wouldn't have happened. If I'd played drum for Amy Winehouse, I don't know if I would be here right I now. I think it so. would have happened, unfortunately. <laughs> the late Amy Winehouse has passed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the only thing they got in Jay's way. Yeah. But there you go. And yeah, so this Brett School is like a big place where all these people go to. It's in Croydon in London. Croydon. Yeah. It's, uh, I used to go shopping there with my mum when I was like real young in Croydon. And... Um, uh it's it's apparently the school is free to attend no tuition so? fees yeah um you have to do an audition to get in though and they do different things there because i think king cruel was studying art at brit school but these guys from black midi were studying music so mm-hmm. that's interesting that king cruel didn't even study music at brit school he was doing visual art or something instead so it seems like a pretty cool school where a lot of big yeah. names are coming out of yeah um, apparently they have a mandate Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe that's a heavy word, but it says mandate to provide education and vocational training for performing arts, yeah. media, yeah. art, and design and the technologies that make it possible. Yeah. So that no, sounds great. Like they take it very seriously, I think. And um, like 
the guys from Black Midi were saying that like it's a great place to go to for any field that you want to go into in music. If you want to be a sound engineer or a producer or a live engineer or a musician mm-hmm. or a session musician, it, it, they said it was really good. It really like helped them figure out everything. And he said like they, I think Geordie was saying about this that they really sort of were able to make all of their mistakes and do all of their stupid stuff whilst at school instead mm-hmm. of doing it out in the real world kind of thing. Yeah. He said that this type of stuff that you would normally do if you just like left high school and then started a band and did all these crappy shows and yeah. bad songs that you weren't really knowing how to write music at and stuff. They said they kind of got that all out of their system whilst going to the school. And they had these rehearsal rooms that they could just go into and and play and do whatever. And it's kind of like, Bad, bad, not good on the other side of the world in Canada when they went to their school. And mm-hmm. I think it was in Canada they went to school. Was it New York? I can't remember. I, have to... I think it was New York. Yeah. Um, and they were just able to like just go into these rooms and play for hours. Just and get this out energy stuff. out. Just yeah, try yeah. ideas. Yeah, yeah. Learn from it. Make yeah. mistakes. Yeah. It sounds like that's what this Brit school Yeah. Is. Brit school. This some kind of Brit school. It, but it sounds like well, that's what they're all about. And they give yeah. these people opportunity to get that yeah. out of their system. They just make yeah. mistakes. Don't do it out on stage with yeah. your name yeah, yeah. attached to it. Do it in our name. Yeah. We won't tell anybody. Whilst also educating them on the chops of the, the industry. And yeah. And the like technologies that you need to exactly, make yeah. it happen. So, I mean, yeah. awesome. Seems like it's working for him. I'm like, damn, like maybe if I have a kid, I should send this kid to the Brit school. Yeah, like in yeah. London. Hey, it's not too late for us to go. Maybe we'll Yeah, hear. exactly. Going to audition. Um, uh, so, so these guys met that, yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And they're, they're basically new. Mm-hmm. They're pretty new on the scene coming out with their own music. Mm-hmm. On the 8th of June, 2018, just a couple of years ago, they released their debut single, I'm guessing, Boom, Boom, Boom. Quote, um, it's, it's spelled BM, 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 one word. Yeah, I didn't even think about it. I just saw BM, BM, BM. But you might be right. Boom, boom, boom. That's just yeah. just a guess. Yeah. Um, with pre- uh, producer Dan Carey. Yeah. And he has a label called Speedy Wonderground. Yeah. And so he helped him produce it. And I guess um, he's worked with some, some cool people. Um, I'm trying to see if I had some notes. I'll try to find it later, mm-hmm. but he's worked with some some good artists. I yeah, believe. and I think uh, he saw them play at this Brixton venue called the Windmill, um, because after they'd sort of ending school and stuff and forming this band, basically I think it was Geordie said that he like emailed every venue in London to try and get a gig, and he said the Windmill was like one of the only venues that like messaged back kind of thing, so they got a, a gig there. And then they ended up getting invited to have like a residency there and they sort of played there once a week. Mm-hmm. And they did that in June of 2017. And it was at one of these shows that Dan Carey, the producer, saw them play and wanted to offer to like produce like some recordings for them kind of thing. Because at that point they hadn't done anything in the studio at all. They just purely live. I don't know if they even recorded any demos or anything like that themselves. Yeah, like, I think that yeah, first thing yeah. was basically the first real... Yeah recording that they made with that producer and so they were off to a great start but they were putting in their work doing this residency and playing live and forming everything diy yeah yeah. organizing everything by themselves yeah um so you know testament to their their own willpower yeah and you know 
making their own opportunities yeah or you know being ready for opportunities exactly yeah and so they were doing it right yeah um and i had to text my dad earlier because i thought i might have played the windmill at some point in my life but apparently not he said or maybe it, you have said he didn't i, I played other venues in brixton uh -huh. but, but not the windmill so uh, yeah it's not too so late let's go down. play let's go <laughs> you could probably get it's a gig still there, around yeah yeah still still doing i think i mean um, obviously it's not that I think we've had some issues and the band has like helped do some fundraisers for the venue to keep it going and stuff like that. But um, uh, yeah, apparently it's, you know, it's, it, it's had a resurgence. Like it used, it's been around for a long time and it had some like dead areas, er, e, dead eras in like the 90s and early 2000s mm -hmm. before they sort of brought back the live music thing. Um, and yeah, Black Media were there. And I think like it's kind of crazy like I think the first sort of actual release of anything of Black Midi was in 2018 and it was a live um, recording done at this venue, The Windmill, with a guy called Damo Suzuki, who was the former lead singer for Can, who's like a, which is a really like legendary sort of prog rock band. And okay. when we uh, talked about Kikugo Moyo, they mentioned them. I think we played a bit of a can track from like the seventies kind of thing. Okay. Um so Black Midi were able to like do a show with this guy and they released it on Bandcamp and it's it's two tracks, each one is nineteen minutes long. <laughs> and uh I haven't heard any of it yet, so um but I think they, they put it on cassette tape. They that's how that they was the main it. way they released that's it. the main way they released that was on cassette tape, yeah. Um but now it's on Bandcamp, so you can go there. Right on. Check it out. Um, but yeah, anyway, so just wanted to get that out of my no, system. No, that's awesome. So, yeah. Um, I think we should play a track. Let's give the people another listen to what these guys are about. Should I don't, we do boom, boom, boom? If you got that one loaded up, let's yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah, it's perfect. First release, official release of mm -hmm. Black Midi. So if there was ever a debut single to release, you know, <laughs> that's a hit. <laughs> I mean, it's great. It's incredible. Yeah. It's some of it, you know, like honestly, from my perspective, not throwing any shade, but it, some of it's, it's, Too it's not an easy listen. No, it's challenging. Yeah. It's challenging. And I like that. Yeah. Um, I like a challenge. Mm -hmm. I think that's great. Um, one of the other bands that like that song in particular reminds me of Primus. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Primus are very much kind of in the same vein, I feel mm -hmm. like. Like um, indulgent in the energy. Like they're like, yeah. we're going to play this groove right here. Yeah. Just so obviously over and over and yeah. this fat sound, just unapolog unapologetically. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And you know, like just lean into that wild energy. 
and you know primus does that a lot too with with their visuals too um to the point where it almost seems like comical yeah or like i said indulgent no and uh, exaggerated yeah um which is cool yeah i was, I, I was trying to think because i did back in the day get a primus album i can't remember what it was it might have been park soda is one of their albums um because i got it a cd copy of it and it was just intense i was like whoa okay yeah it's intense uh, and then later like they hit the mainstream because they did the south park theme tune right right that's a, <laughs> and that's a, that's a cool fun fact that i don't think a lot of people know yeah um but primus did south park yeah intro song yeah there you go and uh they have a ton of albums out uh their last one was in 2017 it looks like and they still about been around and doing stuff i think they've still been touring yeah and, and they're crazy it's three piece you know it's very art art rock yeah, yeah. challenging I, things like you're talking about primus right yeah primus yeah i i think yeah. i mean i was introduced to primus from tony hawk pro skater 4 okay yeah the video game on playstation there's a song in the on the game yeah right. yeah just yeah. a cool jam i can't um yeah. jimmy was a race car driver okay <laughs> just, one of their more hooky songs yeah i think one of the more hooky songs yeah a little more yeah um approachable tunes right. yeah yeah which yeah. is good yeah and it definitely fit the genre and i mean i don't know they're cool they got yeah. a lot of good stuff a lot of good bass lines yeah a lot of funky rhythms definitely yeah and a lot of attitude that they just don't care what you think and that's what i appreciate yeah definitely and um for black midi i will say like geordie's vocals sometimes to me sound a little bit like the works of a rambling crazy man mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah like like something you hear as you're walking down <laughs> yeah down like, the street downtown like, and some yeah, especially around here pioneer square <laughs> you we have some crazies around here um i'm not saying that geordie has mental health issues of black no, Midi, but not what we're saying i'm, I'm just saying <laughs> that his uh his vocal stylings and his lyrics and delivery for a kind of well, a little bit crazy no but, but it, you know. it, he's matching the energy with the music yeah, yeah which yeah. is like yeah. intense yeah and sometimes almost incoherent yeah you know and it, it, he's doing this on purpose yeah he's not a crazy guy no. with a microphone no he's delivering these things and that's a, a you know a cool part of this art that they're doing yeah they're they're creating this wild energy yeah uh, you know proactively yeah that's what they're going for and definitely, they're achieving yeah. it yeah, yeah and that's that's really awesome yeah and they're definitely um like he geordie he has like an interesting accent just when he's talking like i was trying to sort of place his accent because i wasn't sure if he's actually from the uk or london and just has a strong sort of accent or whether he's like from somewhere else originally um but i couldn't find any information about where he's from originally so but he doesn't even just when he's talking, he has a very sort of interesting way of delivering mm -hmm. like words and stuff like that. Yeah. No, but it's, yeah. Very, it's very cool. So it's, it's kind of endearing. It's kind of like, I want to hear him talk more. I want to hear him do like a spoken word book or something like that. Or, he he does know. have that vibe yeah. where it's like, yeah. no matter what he's talking about, he, yeah. he yeah. draws in your attention. It's like the way yeah. he speaks, like you said. Yeah, yeah. And the way the, yeah, the delivery, the words he chooses. Yeah. And the perspective he's coming from is like, hmm, what? Well, yeah tell me more yeah what are you yeah. talking about no he definitely has a good perspective that comes out and mm -hmm. the thing the minimal things i've seen him do they don't have too many interviews out there they did a, a long one with anthony fantano i watched that one yeah that was needle, a good interview needle drop um, where they 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 came on 
<laughs> they started the interview yeah. playing uh, Back in Black. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're, like, set up for an interview on a yeah. webcam, yeah, so they're yeah. not in the same studio. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they're playing this music, but it doesn't even come through it. They're, they're so loud. Yeah, the, that's overloading the, the mic or something yeah. like that, yeah. yeah. Which, which is funny and ironic because black midi yeah that happens in black midi right. genre music <laughs> go, where yeah. it's like overloaded yeah information that the computer can't handle yeah, yeah. and so they're kind of like they're literally they're just anthony fantano's like laughing yeah. what, and you can't hear anything because it's yeah. completely overloaded the, yeah. to where the mic just gives out yeah, yeah. basically yeah. and yeah. it comes back every once in a while if they lower the volume a little bit yeah yeah um yeah fun interview they they played like they got up a couple times. Yeah, that was good to to play. And it, again, same thing happened. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And um, yeah, and he used and Geordie's wearing a suit in there, and the other guys are not. They're just casually dressed, you know, and all that. Yeah, just another testament um, to his yeah. eccentricity. Yeah, and they did style. Uh, Black Midi did do a recent thing for KEXP. Um, what was it Sessions at Home or something like that? KEXP are calling it. Um, they interviewed them remotely on Zoom and then they played a, a special in-studio performance that Black Midi recorded in London, I think, mm -hmm. um, by themselves. It's from Some tracks from the new album, uh, they have like some horns in there and stuff like that. Geordie's wearing a suit again as well. It's really a great performance. Like I encourage everyone to go watch that. Um, uh, especially because uh, Black Midi have been talking about like... The first album was just very um, live and improvised. They sort of wrote music in a sort of improvisational jam sense kind of thing. And for the new album, they've gone sort of away from the improvisation and more towards like trying to write things a little bit more intentionally or specifically. More methodically. More methodically, yeah. And, um, and they said about that, you know, that they... Um, the first album was the first time they were in a studio. The the you know the second album was uh, like uh, they just basically didn't really care about whether it could be played live or not. As like one of the things they said, they sort of just explored as much as they could do in the studio, mm -hmm. adding instruments that weren't traditional to their lineup or available to them to play live and stuff like that. Um, so the KEXP thing's a really good example of like how they've really pulled that off in a really good way mm -hmm. uh, with the new material but um but they also said that uh it might not be that way on tour like they might do some shows as just a three-piece mm -hmm. they might have like five people and some horns and strings mm -hmm. he said they might do a 20-piece <laughs> they don't really know like, yeah. <laughs> they're sort of still exploring that how they could take it live also because covid happened during this whole thing and um you know, yeah basically yeah. as they're coming up as yeah. a band yeah and kind of right in the middle of their come up yeah so yeah obviously that's affecting them but also providing some opportunities yeah um like they said in that interview with fantano um i can't remember who they were talking about or what they were referencing but basically how how COVID is giving them opportunity oh they said like the beatles mm -hmm. when the beatles went into like we're just we're not touring anymore mm -hmm. we're just creating albums in the studio mm -hmm. for like the the latter half of their career yeah the um the second half of their career or whatever and that's what yeah. kind of what they're getting the opportunity to do which is yeah. they can't tour as much as they were or wanted to yeah. but it is giving them opportunity 
and all these different artists around the world the opportunity to just record and create. Yeah. And that's valuable. And they're embracing it. They're saying, mm -hmm. that, um, yeah, they can't tour, but they have the luxury of being able to record. Yeah. And they said that's a good thing because it's allowing them to uh, take the time out to focus on that, to write, to record, to find new techniques. Um, like I think uh, Morgan Simpson, the drummer, was saying that um, in the studio, you know, he, he started to sort of find different ways of hitting the drums, you know, like, you know, where he said live on tour, he was just like cracking the snare drum kind of thing. Mm -hmm. He said in the studio, he's finding things where it's like, oh, I could have a different sound if I just use the tip of the stick in the middle of the drum. And, you know, just these little things that might not seem much to the casual listener, but to a music creator or whatever, and to them is becoming instrumental excuse the pun <laughs> to like um you know create sort of and write in new ways kind of thing like, yeah um, I think that's one of the yeah. things they're doing yeah. is is not only like they they're not just trying to create music it they're they're more about like how we're doing it is what's important yeah and what what's included in the way we're doing it and our our method and our process yeah which i think is huge if you can recognize that things are a process and that nothing is ever the same yeah everything's always changing you obviously like constantly adapt yeah yeah. um like you know it's the way you do things that give it give it meaning yeah not just what you're trying to create and if you got if you get there or not yeah and so i think that's a cool perspective yeah yeah and these guys are really creative and really energetic definitely yeah and it, it creates a cool you no know, cacophony of sounds and yeah. i don't know if we how how in depth we went into this but schlagenheim yeah was 2019 their their debut full-length album yeah um, produced by Carey. Dan Carey. Yeah. Okay, I was thinking, I was like, it's not Drew Carey. No. <laughs> uh, Who owns the Sounders or did at some point. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I think when the Sounders, he made them be a thing uh, from nowhere. Whose stadium is a, um, a stone's throw away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so cool. Yeah. Schlagenheim, 2019. And then um, their latest album, 2021 Cavalcade. Which is like more of the same, like same energy. Like I feel like they're yeah. just they're just coming up onto this sound that they've created. Yeah, um, it's like you know hyper, yeah, energetic, noise punk rock. Yeah, and it's it's good. And uh, one of the things I want to point out is, I mean, is that cool? We're talking about Cavalcade now. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yes. Just, we just jumped to it. Is that, yes. if that's cool with everybody. If that's cool with you guys out there listening, thank you. Yeah, because I got some interest in tracks to play from this as well so cool yeah. well let's play one of those right now i just want to point out their album art is super cool yeah um it's pretty kind of psychedelic yeah. and it's pretty trippy yeah and it's definitely worth looking at i think all their album work has been done by the same guy i can't remember his yeah. name yeah. yeah yeah i wish i could shout him out right now but i didn't mm -hmm. you know we're not talking about the artist we're talking about the music yeah here on roots to grooves yeah they said about that because anthony fantano asked them about the artwork is it like intentional and stuff like that and mm -hmm. geordie was like no it's like a it was both done by the same guy um but they just found someone they liked and let them do whatever they want mm -hmm. um geordie said that about the music videos as well more in more than one interview i've seen where he uh you know he said um you know, he doesn't like design by committee kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, he said for their music videos, they just like find someone they like, give them the money. Um, he just keeps saying, he said it more than once. He's just like, just give them the money and let them <laughs> do whatever they want, you know. Um, 
because yeah, they like they, no, they don't know anything about that world. They don't want to. They don't want to like say anything about like they just want to hire someone that's good and give them the trust them yeah. to do it. I think what they're like. trying to get at is once they have an idea, or like once if somebody has an idea for the artwork, it's better to let them go the full way and like yeah. have everything they want, the colors, the composition, mm-hmm. and they can be as creative as they want to achieve what they're going for. But if everyone by committee, like you said, like, oh, there should be a little more blue mm. or ooh, make a little different shape in that corner, yeah. then it starts to be sometimes it could be, seem like it's watered down because yeah. we're trying to get a little bit of your idea, a little bit of your idea. Right. And it's not quite creating anything super viscerally, you know, like yeah. intense. Yeah, but yeah. if you let one person go all the way with their vision, mm-hmm. it's going to be more poignant. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's basically what, what I got out of what they were saying. Yeah, yeah. So it's cool. The, the album art is super cool on both these full-length albums. Um, let's get a track off Cavalcade see what we got. Yeah. And before we do that, a little bit more foreshadowing. Okay. I want to talk a little bit about Morgan Simpson, the drummer, after uh, we play this track. Um, and so I'm going to play, well, let me see. Mm, I was going to play uh, let me just throw this one in here because it's different because we were talking about his vocals a little while ago mm-hmm. yeah they had this track called My- Marlena Dietrich and his vocals on this I was like is this him or is this someone completely different and you'll see what I mean when we play right, this track so let's so, listen yeah. and then we'll talk uh, under soft lights with a take back face our soft spoken queen takes her place on the stage as the big curtains open the last troops run quick for the one and only Marlene Dietrich she whispers the different right yeah that is a different vibe but kind of i mean yeah that's kind of like he's he's rocking like a loungy yeah kind of he almost sounds like Aretha franklin or something like, that. <laughs> yeah. like um and that's also probably one of their shortest and most straightforward songs yeah it's like short three minutes sweet. yeah it's not so thrashy and energetic it's kind of subdued and chill yeah yeah kind of you know focused more on the melody yeah. And the song yeah. rather than the intense instrumentation. Yeah. So cool to see another side of this band. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about Black Midi. Black Midi. Here on Mr. Grooves. And um, so the drummer, Morgan Simpson, apparently won uh, Best Drummer of the Year at some point. And I couldn't, I tried to Google it and I couldn't find that. But what I did find, and we, I showed you this before we went on air, is. Uh, there's a page on the Drummer Zone website. Um, if you just type in uh, Morgan Simpson Drummer of the Year, and you can find all of these old old videos of Morgan as a kid playing drums, playing covers for like um, what was it like Kanye West and stuff like that. Um, and so, I mean, he looked like you showed me this video. He looked like he was ten or eleven years old. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, yeah. He's super young. And like, like he's he's a prodigy. And he has a YouTube um, channel, just Morgan 
yeah, more gang Simpson, more gang Simpson on on YouTube. Uh, and he's got a bunch of followers now, but all of his videos go all the way back to like nine years ago when he was a kid, um, doing Beyonce covers, Rihanna covers, and Jay Z and all that. And he's like really good. <laughs> and uh, and I just wanted to throw that out there because it's crazy because I just I just found this be literally before we started recording, and I was like to Jesse, is this the same guy? Mm -hmm. Is this the same guy? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, so, I think it is. Yeah. Which um, is cool. I yeah. mean, these guys are talented. They're not. Yeah, yeah. They're not just hacking their way yeah. through this music. Like, no, they got serious chops. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. So he had those chops before he got into Brit, and then mm -hmm. met those guys and stuff like that. And so, yeah, yeah. So their their experience. It's cool to see that background. Yeah, yeah. It's it's cool to see people just. Hey, I'm super good at the drums. I didn't know that. I just started playing last year, and I'm right. 30 years old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, there's some stories like that out there too. Yeah. But this is not one of them. No, yeah. And I think they all had, I don't know, we didn't touch too much on their early stuff. Yeah, I don't know too much about their early lives. I didn't see that uh, either. Yeah, unfortunately. But um, I'm sure it's similar. I'm sure they had musical backgrounds mm -hmm. um, similar to Morgan's. Yeah. Because um, yeah. obviously he'd been doing this most of his life at this point. Yeah. And he said like during COVID, like he... Um, because he said that, well, they've all said this a little bit, like touring is like a thing where you're sort of out, out of control of your own life because mm -hmm. you're not really living your own life. You're just on the road in random places all the time playing music. Right. And um, and they've said various things about that. Like one, like, you know, they would improvise and uh, gigs and stuff like that, but, it, but their new material didn't really come out of that because they said they sort of were fall, falling back on the same sort of ideas each time they jammed. And that was kind of a rut in itself for them sort of thing. So they didn't really want to take anything they'd done there mm -hmm. to bring into the studio for the album sort of Fair. thing. Um, and also, like Morgan said, like, you know, he had the opportunity to just chill at home, spend a lot of time outside on his hammock, reading, uh, like redecorating his space. So it was like more, you know, like these just little things that he didn't have time for or, you know, to do because they're so busy with their tour schedule and all that. Um, Sometimes it's the little things you need yeah. to, to relax. And also to not play drums, he said. He said in one interview, it's like, yeah, I got the opportunity to not play drums. And he was like, well, wait a minute, that sounds bad. It's like, I love playing drums. Like finally, <laughs> stop playing, please. Yeah, he said he loves playing drums, but it was like, but taking that time out to just sort of chill in his hammock and read and he started playing soccer um, with some friends well, and that stuff reminds like that, me of so. a, a quote i just come across i can't remember who said it but it was one that stuck in my brain is um if you you know it's like you want rest people want to be like how do how, how can i feel like relaxed and chill mm -hmm. and the quote goes i'm paraphrasing if if you want rest then seek work hmm. and if you seek work you'll find that rest wow. but if you uh if you're just seeking rest, you're just trying to go for rest, then you're gonna you're gonna find boredom. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. You know, like, oh, what's the most relaxing <clears throat> thing I'm gonna do? Oh, I'm gonna turn on the TV and sit on my couch. Yeah, Saturday at noon. Yeah, like, okay, I'm bored. Yeah, but if you like try to do something that you you that takes work yeah. and energy, yeah, then you will feel accomplished and you'll be like, oh, I can take a break from doing that work, and yeah. you feel truly accomplished and restful. Yeah. And at peace. Yeah. So I think that's cool. 
Man, you just said Saturday at noon, sitting down on the couch watching TV. I'd love to do that. <laughs> that sounds it. It is relaxing. That's. <laughs> I record the drop on Saturdays well, at noon, so well, well I know not, you, not at noon, but like, <laughs> I'm not talking about you, Jay. I know you're. Oh, I know, extremely no, no, no. busy. No, but I'm just saying, like, uh, yeah, no, because it's like uh, I get what you're saying, though, like about yeah. I just you picked an to, arbitrary. To, rant. That was the first day and time I just picked out a, a random. It could have been any time at all. Yeah, yeah. everyone's on different <laughs> schedules. Like, <laughs> I could eat some cereal. Yeah. Uh, noon on a set. Noon on a set. That's like but, some lyrics. You can make a song out of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe that's a vibe. Yeah. Um, some cartoons maybe. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, but that's true though. You have to kind of, in order to get rest, you need to be resting from something. right? Exactly. That's yeah. that's the yeah. point of that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. So, yeah. Love it. Well... If you don't have anything else, this has been Black Midi, or um, you have something else? No, let me let me just yeah. check. Yeah. No, I think that's all I got on Black Midi. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. They got stuff on vinyl. I would recommend if you're a vinyl collector, this is some interesting stuff to add to your collection. Oh, actually, that's an interesting thing you said about vinyl. Um, that was one interesting thing they said in the Anthony Fantano interview was... Um, I think it was the bass player, um, Cameron, that was talking about this. He said that their record label, because they're signed to Rough Trade, which is a pretty big label, uh, had a lot of big artists go through there. Um, they said they make the most money, the label makes the most money out of Black Medley through vinyl sales. Mm-hmm. And so, um, like, uh, because they were asked about, you know, when stuff is going to be released. And they said, well, as artists, we want to release stuff as soon as possible kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But apparently with the label, you know, they, they make the money out of the vinyl, so they want to coincide the digital release with the vinyl release. So right. they, and for people that don't know, it's, it, it, during COVID is harder to make vinyls, but even before COVID, it was hard as well. There's a backlog because there's not actually a lot of places making vinyl, not many manufacturers making it. So they have right. this backlog. So it takes them about five or six months to get something pressed from when they finish the final master um, to getting it pressed. The artwork, you yeah, know, all the stuff involved in yeah. making this product. Yeah. So, um, so that was just an interesting thing that I thought was like, oh, okay, yeah, because they want to make sh- the label want to make sure that when they put the release out on Spotify and all that, that there's a vinyl available as well, so that people mm-hmm. can go and get that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so, yeah. That's, that's kind yeah. Of crazy. No, that's yeah. that is interesting. Yeah. That, but yeah, to to what you're saying is, it can take a long. You can have these songs ready to go, like boom, we recorded them. Mm-hmm. They're finalized. They're mixed. They're mastered. Mm-hmm. They're final. They're mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. We're excited about them. We want people to listen to it. And then you have to wait six or ten months. Yeah, yeah. For it to actually be available to the public. Yeah, yeah. Because of these logistical, yeah, you know, issues. Yeah. Not issues, but uh realities realities that's the yeah. best way to say it yeah because you want the full release we want it on digital we want people to be able to buy it physically on vinyl yeah and it's awesome how vinyl is seemingly making a comeback almost every artist we talk about has stuff on vinyl yeah it not one artist we've talked about is like we just released on digital yeah you know like i can't think of one off the top of my head i think um definitely pop artists probably don't do vinyl or many physical formats right but for groups like this that have hardcore fans um and 
you know, like you were saying earlier, their music is kind of challenging. So you have to mm-hmm. be kind of that sort of headspace as a music listener to be listening to this band anyway. Right. And if you're in that space, you probably err into music and have a vinyl player and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, no, so that know. totally coincides. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Like, um, you know, but like, I don't know how many people are getting Kanye West's latest album on vinyl. I don't know. Maybe he's doing it. Probably is. He's big enough to warrant that probably but like uh but and that's yeah. that's an exception yeah because you know yeah. at, he's he's at the top of the pop game yeah of exactly. the hip-hop yeah, you know yeah. just yeah. pop culture in general yeah and with that you can get a, you can get some yeah things can come a little bit easier yeah. because you have a little bit more money people know your name and respect you and want to work with you yeah for example but like yeah. you said it's challenging yeah and those people who like challenging stuff well, yeah. like to listen to music that's more challenging. Like it's easy to put it on your, on your phone, like play on Spotify. Yeah, it's a little. It takes that much more work to get your your vinyl out, put it on yeah. the player, put the needle on, and let it go. But it's also um uh like, uh, and there's this famous article that's gone around the internet for years now, and I can't remember who wrote it. Um, it might have been a book or an article, but it was about the concept of one thousand true fans. Like no matter what you're doing, you just need one thousand true fans to make a living out of music or art or mm-hmm. film or whatever. And the sentiment being is like, you know, for a band like Black Midi that are coming out with this type of music, you know, there's gonna be the there's gonna be at least one thousand hardcore fans that will buy everything you put out. Right. That will actually put cash down to buy like a deluxe vinyl thing you know, some merch, whatever it is that you're offering kind of thing. They're enough of a fan to want to buy that stuff, to have that stuff, you know. I mean, yeah, 1,000 fans buy 1,000 vinyl copies for 20 bucks a piece. Exactly. I'm not, what is that, $20,000? Yeah. And so, like, you know, the bigger you get, the more of those thousands of fans you have sort of thing. But it's not everyone, you know, like, you know, there'll be like maybe... The rest of the people will be just streaming online and getting stuff for free and mm-hmm. not hardcore enough to like buy anything kind to of thing. To pay for but, something. Yeah. But I think that's an interesting thing about, you know, like making money out of music and making a living a career out of music. That that concept that this guy wrote about years ago still holds true. One thousand true fans. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you just need that you just need that little club of people that are just you know will get the cool things that you want to make that you want to put out like if it's a book a photo book right coffee table book about the studio there i am or some merch some vinyl whatever it is kind of thing you just like every group kind of needs that to sustain themselves to be able to do it and not have to do something else like on the side kind mm-hmm. of thing. yeah uh, you only yeah. need to build your yeah. own ecosystem yeah you don't need everybody in the world to like your, what you're doing and in fact, you know, you can accept and we should all accept that not everyone's even going to like you as a person mm. for whatever reason. Like simply like people are going to like you yeah. and some people are not for yeah. for no reason or for every reason, whatever. But like yeah. everyone can accept that. I think that's a vague enough statement. Like, yeah, not one of us exists that everybody on the world is like, yeah, that guy's dope. Yeah. Everything he does is fine. I don't have any problems with his beliefs. Right his stances on subjects or this or that yeah you know so we just accept that yeah not everyone's gonna like you yeah and that's great that's normal that's healthy there you go yeah 
That's all I got on Black Midi. Yes, this has been Rooster Grooves. And uh, we're here every week. And uh, if you want to say anything... Let us know if you got comments, questions, concerns, any cool facts about Black Midi, the band, or Black Midi, the genre of music. If you got any tidbits, let us know and we'll, we'll bring it up on the next show. Yeah. Or, or in our future show, whenever you email us. But Jay, give us that email. Roots to Grooves at signalradio.com, S I G N L radio.com. You can also just write a YouTube comment, it's cool as well. We'll, res- do that. we'll bring that up on the show as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, let's play out with a track from their most recent album, second album, Cavalcade. Um, I also wanted to say that they, they think their next album's going to come out probably before the end of this year. Like, um, in like eight to ten months sort of thing because they said they've been spending all this time in the studio writing and recording and, they, and they're like eager Geordie's like talking about album six already like he's <laughs> like in interviews partly joking but I think partly serious it's like they just want to keep moving and do things I think they got like, the energy yeah. to do it yeah, yeah, yeah. I, think they, I think they mean business they're not yeah. just fooling around exactly yeah. this is what they want yeah. so I think they're getting it and they're going to have it I want to, yeah he said uh, the best ever like he he's always talking about the best ever, but he says TBE, and he's 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 always rocking a hat that says TBE written on it as well. Did he make that up? That's his. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't come across it until uh, hearing about his thing. But he was like, "Yeah, the next album's going to be the best ever." It's like okay, the, the best album of twenty twenty one of all time. That's of a, all artists, I love that. Whatever, you know? <laughs> I love that mindset. Yeah, it's going to be the best. So uh, let's play out with John L. from their album Cavalcade. It was the first single from this album as well. I think there's a music video. I haven't seen it. I saw a thumbnail that looked crazy. Um, so I gotta go check that out. Let us know if you see it. But yeah. Until then, it's been Rooster Grooves. This is uh, I'm Jesse. I'm Jay. I think we got that right. And that's correct. All right. Those are our <laughs> names. Rooster Grooves out. Thank you. Grooves is a production of Signal Radio. For more music and independent culture, visit signalradio.com. That's S I G N L radio.com.